A River to Cross, Chapter 51. God is Sovereign. God is over all. God can and will do all that he wills to do. There is no one and no thing over God. God is in control. God's sovereignty should be the most reassuring of God's many attributes. When the world and life in general make no sense, we can find deep comfort and peace in the fact that God, who is love and light and mercy and grace and perfect in all his ways, is also sovereign, absolutely in control. When we know God is in charge, we know peace. God, not the president, not Congress, not a political party, not any one or more terrorist groups, is in charge. Nothing happens in this world that is beyond God's ultimate control. We should not be angry or put off when non-Christians say things like, if God allowed blank to happen, I want nothing to do with God. The things of God do not make sense to the mind of one who is dead in trespasses and sin, as every one of us was before God's grace reached us. On the other hand, the body of Christ has to embrace God's sovereignty. I do not claim we will always understand why things happen. We will not. There are events recounted in the Bible I do not understand or enjoy reading about, and there are things happening every day I do not understand. Yet I can say the God who created the heavens and the earth, who sent his son to die for me, is sovereign. I don't have to always understand him to love, trust, and obey him. If I understood everything God caused or allowed, he would not be God. The truth is, I trust him even more for the very reason that he is God and his ways are above my ways. The reality of life's difficult events is why, A, it is of ultimate importance that a person be born again spiritually so that spiritual things can be understood and enjoyed, and B, we have to know God fully so we can trust him completely in all things and at all times, especially in the midst of the storm. Parents do things for their children that to the child seem anything but loving. The child does not have the same vision the parent has. The child can only see their immediate circumstances. They do not understand the full implication of certain choices and actions by parents. The parents are acting with a much deeper knowledge of what is needed. On a much higher level of both love and knowledge, God permits the free will of others to act for our good in ways that we do not understand. Our honest thoughts are, God has abandoned us. God does not love us. God is not a good God. Yet, like children, we cannot see what God sees. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, Romans eight twenty eight. We should never attempt to explain away God's actions and inactions in difficult circumstances. We are not in the place of God. We do not have his perspective. We do not know all that is going on. In fact, we know very little. In my opinion, and this is 
just my opinion, in the vast majority of tragedies, our responsibility is to love and quietly support those in pain. It is not our job to tell them what God is doing or why something is happening. What we can and I believe should do is simply stand on God's love, his presence, and say to others, I don't understand this tragedy, but what I do know is God loves you and he has promised never to leave you. Rest in him and look to him. He is the answer. What I think does not matter, but what does matter is this. God is sovereign. He is in control. God is love. God is light. God is gracious. God is almighty. God is holy. God is all-knowing. We do not have to understand the things God allows to happen, but we can know at the deepest level of our soul that whatever has happened under the loving watch of the one and only true and sovereign God, we can always trust him and know that he knows more than us. He has a plan, and his plan, whether we can see it or not, is a perfect plan. Some will say, I don't trust God, and I don't even believe in God. We have to know one of two things. One, God is God, and I can trust him. Or two, there is no God, and it is all just chance, and it doesn't matter because we are here for a few moments, and then we go away forever. You do not have to accept my thoughts, but I can say with absolute assurance I know that I know that I know that God is who he says he is and he does what he promises. I know this because he has said this and God always, always, always does what he says. I also know God's sovereignty because I have lived this. Thanks be to God. Here is what God has said through David about God's involvement in your life and my life. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. God formed us and made us just as he wants us to be. We were perfectly placed in time, place, personality, and life circumstances to be used by God for his purposes. Our goal is to bring glory and honor to God as we are transformed into the likeness of Christ Jesus. Our life circumstances are a part of God's sovereignty and his plan, and life's events are moving toward that end. Some would say that such thoughts about God's sovereignty and his placement of each of us are either blind faith or gross ignorance. I am not upset about those who put me down for my beliefs as a Christian. I have a personal love relationship with the creator of this universe. He loves me so much that his son died in my place and now represents me before God the Father in heaven, pleading my case. 
I have personally experienced and daily continue to personally experience wonderful love and contact with the Creator. By His grace, I daily feel His very real presence and counsel in every area of my life. God's sovereignty does not work against my faith. It strengthens and grows my faith. That same God who gives me faith and grows my faith is also the one who allows me to love the very person who would speak down to me for my faith. I am comfortable with my faith. I do not know the comfort level of those who criticize the faith of Christians but would gently say, it seems to me the most difficult faith challenge is to believe that at some point in time, a billion or so years ago, nothing created something that is now the human body with all its intricacies, that the universe that works in perfect order just happened from that nothing, that a red rose came from that nothing, that an Alaskan salmon came from that same nothing and shall return to that nothing. I am not offended that the person who believes that also believes I am either stupid or clueless. I absolutely love and pray for that person, and I want him and her to have what I have, that they will soon join me in praising the God who is sovereign over them, over me, over all of us. God is sovereign over all persons. God has the ability to use his sovereignty to the point of directing the specific actions of any person he wishes. We can read in Exodus how God caused Pharaoh to refuse to release the Jewish people. There are similar examples all throughout Scripture. I personally experienced God exercising his sovereignty to accomplish his will in a certain circumstance. There was a time when I went to a certain jail to ask permission to minister there. I was told in advance the officer over the jail prohibited personal contact with the prisoners. There was always a wall separating the two. I wanted to be able to shake hands and give pats on the shoulder to stand side by side, look at the Bible together with the inmates. I prayed before I went, asking God to open that door and break down that wall. I did not mention this issue to the officer. I just trusted God to work out his will. If God wanted to break down the wall between the inmates and me, he would do that in his way and in his time. I pulled up to the jail on my motorcycle and placed it all in God's hands. I felt like this whole effort rested on being able to get the wall of separation taken down, but I knew it was totally up to God. When I went into the jail, the officer over this large jail took the time to personally show me around. When we got to the location where the residents were brought to hear the sermon, the officer said, the inmates will be here and you will be, he paused, he looked at me, in there with them. Without me ever saying a word to anyone, God sovereignly worked out his purposes. God accomplished ministry there in that jail because he is sovereign. The Bible is filled with examples of God's sovereignty. How is God's sovereignty important to our daily life? Knowing God is sovereign is the key to living joyful, peaceful lives in this world filled with challenges and threats. Please reflect on this. 
when we get the real picture of God's sovereignty over all things, when we bring that together with the knowledge that God loves us so much he sent his only son to die in our place, when we know God has great plans for our lives and that God is almighty, then all fear fades away. This is a picture of God's perfect love which casts out fear. Quote, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. End quote. 1 John 4, 18. Knowing God is a sovereign God, we can face the days, the nights, the diagnosis, the loss, whatever life throws our way with absolute calm and trust and a sure knowledge that all is well. It is well with our soul. We need not fear any terrorist group, not their bombs, nor their swords, nor their jihad, or any other thing they bring to the table. Why? Because I know my God is in control. And if they bring something bad against me, he will work it out for good. Let's look at a couple of examples from Scripture. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Genesis chapter 50 verses 15 through 21. King Nebuchadnezzar declared that at the sound of certain music, all people had to bow down and worship him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. They would only worship God. Why would anything bad happen to men who were doing good things? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego.
and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 26. Jesus lived a perfect life. God says, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Matthew three seventeen. Yet Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. How could a loving God allow this to happen to his own Son? First, I sure thank him that he did, that God ordained those events is the only reason we are here now. Second, God does not look at things the way we look at things. God has perfect vision that is not bound by time or space. His will is consistent with his perfect love, mercy, grace, goodness, knowledge, and power. Whatever God does is just fine. I do not always understand. I do not always like God's will, but I can always, always, always trust God's sovereign will. Whatever God does or allows will work out for good for all those who are born again, believers, trusting in Jesus Christ and called according to his purpose. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It is vital to our daily lives and our growth in faith to know God. Knowing God in his absolute sovereignty is critical to our daily life. Let's close by quoting A.W. Tozer on the sovereignty of God. God's sovereignty means that if there's anybody in this wide world of sinful men that should be restful and peaceful in an hour like this, it should be Christians. We should not be under the burden of apprehension and worry because we are the children of a God who is always free to do as he pleases. There is not one rope or chain or hindrance upon him because he is absolutely sovereign. God is free to carry out his eternal purposes to their conclusions. I have believed this since I first became a Christian. I had good teachers who taught me this, and I have believed it with increasing joy ever since. God does not play by ear or doodle or follow whatever happens to come into his mind or let one idea suggest another. God works according to the plans which he purposed in Christ Jesus before Adam walked in the garden, before the sun, moon, and stars were made. God, who has lived all our tomorrows and carries time in his bosom, is carrying out his eternal purposes. 
His eternal purposes will not change. However, the prophetic teachers may change their minds or whatever contemporary theologians may decide is the right thing to believe. God Almighty has already given us his theology, and I don't give a snap of my finger for contemporary theology. I believe in theology which is contemporary, surely, but it is also as ancient as the throne of God and as eternal as the eternities to come. And we Christians are in this mighty river being carried along by the sovereign purposes of God. The sovereignty of God involves all authority and all power. I think you can see instantly that God could never be sovereign without the power to bring about his will or the authority to exercise his power. Kings, presidents, and others who rule over men must have the authority to govern and the power to make good on that authority. A ruler cannot stand up and say, do this, please, if you feel like doing it. He says, do it, and then he has an army and a police force behind him. He has authority to command and power to carry out his commands, and God has to have both of these. God is absolutely sovereign. I am so glad he is. Can you imagine what it would be like if you or I had any control over what happens in this world? God is sovereign. Praise be to him. Prayer, thanking God and acknowledging his sovereignty. O sovereign God, you alone are Lord. You have set the earth and all of the universe in place. You created things exactly according to your own plan. We were not there. We had no part in your creation. You put each of us in the place you precisely and perfectly planned for us. We are all wonderfully and perfectly made according to your sovereign will from before eternity. We can enter into this day and each day saying, Lord, thank you that you, not us, are in charge of our life, this universe, and all that happens here. We don't understand all things, but in all things we trust you and know your love, your holiness, your mercy, and your sovereignty are fully at work, and we can rest and trust in you. Father, help us to embrace the full assurance we have when we know our loving Father is fully in control, no matter what. Lord, when we hurt and we don't know why, help us to know that if we, as sinful earthly parents, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more do you give good, wonderful, and perfect gifts to us? We admit we don't understand some of the things that come our way, but in the midst of trial and even tragedy, we can say as Job did, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen.